And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. One thing, R&B Car Company. Uh, locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. Uh, welcome back after vanishing from us for three days. How are you, Josh? Hanging in there? Yeah, yeah. he's giving me the Joey Tribbiani treatment again. It's what he does. He comes and he's like, how you doing? And, and then he says it like three more times because I think he doesn't like awkward silence and I'm an awkward person, so he's always trying to get some conversation started. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're going to get into Southwest Airlines here in just a couple of minutes. We're also going to talk about this uh, alleged sexually graphic book in Middlebury schools that uh, are being uh, handed out to your, your little children. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Tons more stuff as well. Head to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the rumble button. I appreciate that. So over the weekend, in case you missed this one, a couple of submarine stories. First of all, submarine, you know, hit some stuff that it wasn't supposed to hit, took some damage. Uh, luckily, it seems like everybody's okay. Uh, the next thing is, is that we caught a, a nuclear engineer and uh, their spouse selling secrets to China. So there's that. But there's been an update in that one. You see, it turns out, it, and I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I am just super, super surprised by this. Uh, it turns out that when you are a traitor to the United States, you apparently are a really big fan of Black Lives Matter because you got a BLM sign outside. Huh. Who would have thought that people who got caught selling nuclear secrets to the Chinese would support a Marxist organization? I'm, I'm perplexed by all of this. Yeah, Maryland nuclear engineer and spouse were arrested on espionage-related charges for trying to sell submarine secrets to a foreign power that was China. A U.S. Navy nuclear engineer and his wife have been charged. That seems very sexist. How do they know that it, she wasn't the engineer and he was the spouse, Josh? Just because he was a nuclear engineer and he had a job as a nuclear engineer doesn't mean he was the nuclear engineer in this relationship. So anyway, he and his wife were selling secret information about nuclear submarines to an undercover FBI agent who posed as an operative for a foreign country. By the way, why are so many news outlets, why are so many of them hiding who the FBI agent was pretending to be an agent of? <laughs> There's like two articles that mention it was China and everybody else is like a foreign country. Just say who it was. Just say it. Winnie the Flu was trying to get Virginia-class nuclear submarine secrets. That's all you got to say. Not that hard. <clears throat> so anyway, in a criminal complaint detailing espionage-related charges against Jonathan Toby, T-O-E-B-B-E, and his wife, normal named Diana. Oh, she's older, too. She's robbing the cradle, man. She's three years older than this guy. Man, look, I would bet Josh's life savings that she's really the communist and she is the one that influenced him to turn coat. I would bet money on it. This is how this usually goes down. The government said that he sold information for nearly the past year to a foreign power representative. Uh, again, I don't know why they're not telling you who it was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, okay. It's the tiny little things in these stories and how the media covers it 
that I find intriguing. The news media can tell you about China throwing 30 and 40 aircraft into Taiwan space, uh, airspace all day long. They won't tell you that there was somebody who is selling nuclear secrets to China or trying to sell nuclear secrets to China. Uh, by the way, in the article, you can see a picture of the house, and in front of the house, there just so happens to be a Black Lives Matter yard sign. So it turns out that the uh, communist turncoats, big fans of the Marcus BLM movement, like I said, not at all shocked, not at all surprised. Speaking of communists, let's talk about Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines, by the way, used to be like the best airline company in the country. What happened to them? I, it's, I mean, he made a, he made an audible fart noise, but I don't know if it came across the microphone. Um, but it, it's, do you use Southwest a lot out here? No. no? See, South in the in the Southwest, Southwest Airlines are everywhere. That's what you fly, right? So I'm from the Southwest. You you basically you fly Southwest Airlines unless. You're really in a pinch, and then you'll fly Alaska, right? You, you know you're taking your life in your own hands when you do that, but you never fly any of the other ones. You always fly Southwest Airlines, and they've always been a really good airline, but over the past, you know, like five years or so, I've just heard really, really bad things about Southwest Airlines. So they canceled nearly 2,000 flights. That was over the weekend. You, Another thing that Southwest is known for, frequent flights and being on time. They're not like these other airlines that like to run late and have delays and stuff like that. Southwest is pretty reliable. And so when 2,000 flights just disappear, they cancel these bad boys. There's no terrorist incident that anybody is aware of. I don't think that the, uh, the nuclear engineer and her husband, who are selling secrets on the Virginia-class nuclear submarine to, to China, or trying to, I don't think they had anything to do with, with any of this. Yes, I realize it was really the husband who was the engineer, but I'm just trying to be inclusive here, okay? I'm trying to help women STEM, all right? So Southwest Airlines, like, really tried to keep this quiet, which is weird. You're never going to keep 2,000 flights being canceled quiet. <laughs> like, who thought that that was going to happen? So they tried to keep it quiet, and Southwest Airlines said that it was poor weather conditions in Florida that were the cause of 2,000 flights getting canceled. Now, Josh, I'm going to ask you a very basic fundamental question now, okay? Now, usually Florida weather's pretty nice, but sometimes you have, like, hurricanes and stuff. Are there hurricanes in Florida right now? Nope. I mean, there was, like, one way out in the ocean, but not really affecting air traffic. Now, if if the weather is so bad that Southwest Airlines had to cancel 2,000 flights because of the weather... Why are they the only airline that had to cancel 2,000 flights because of the weather? Anyone? Bueller? You realize I read three articles on this today. Not a single blue checkmark brigader out there asked that question in their article. Not a single one. <laughs> Every single one of them just went with the Southwest line. Like, yeah, it was bad weather. It had nothing to do with the vaccine. What are you talking about? Then why didn't any of the other airlines do that? Is Southwest the only airline in the People's Republic of Florida, as they would like you to believe? Probably not. I don't think so. I've never flown into Florida, but I would assume that it's not. So Southwest said it was poor weather conditions, which, of course, nobody believed because, you know, you can, like, look at the weather and stuff, and nobody else felt that they couldn't get their airplanes out of there. Uh, but what I, what I find interesting about this 
is that there's internal memos and the union and everybody told Southwest Airlines and the airport, this is all at Jacksonville, I think, they told them all, they told them all that they were protesting. This was a sick out. And so Southwest Airlines, not knowing, okay, I'm assuming, not knowing that email is like one of those permanent things that sticks around forever, and they decided to go out there and tell everybody, no, 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 it was weather. It had nothing to do with our pilots protesting a vaccine mandate, which is very, very strange considering how many people work for the airline and work for the airport who have internal memos that they are posting on the internet about how the airline had been notified that there was going to be a mass sick out as a protest to vaccine mandates for Southwest Airline employees. I said, I just, I don't understand in the information age how people do not understand that information doesn't go anywhere. I'm still, this still perplexes me. It's almost like we have this naive toddler-like impulse to lie about stuff that is easily disproven. And nobody ever holds anybody to account. I think that's why it keeps happening. Nobody has ever held account to this. And so they just go with it. You know, it, here's the thing. If you go through and you look at all of the other airlines who still operated out of that airport that day, and they didn't cancel the flights as Southwest did, and the fact that three articles that I read that were covering it from the pro-Southwest position and hiding the fact that this was about vaccine mandates, not a single one of those journalists... Not a single one of them asked the question why none of the other airlines were able uh, to had to take that off and why they were able to take off and fly just fine when Southwest wasn't. Southwest would have been better, better served to say that a nuclear engineer and his wife from Maryland had hacked into their systems and they wanted to make sure that the system was purged. That would have been a better cover story than the weather but they didn't really think about it. And by the way, I mean, you know, hats off to the communications person who came up with the idea. Let's just blame the weather. And everybody else in the realm of Southwest who said, what if they ask about the other airlines? <laughs> nope, it never came up. It just never came up. Um, but what's interesting is that, again, people are posting the memo that went out to Southwest about the sick out which is a protest, as if somehow you were going to be able to hide this from everybody. But it's bizarre. Um, it's <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the Southwest Pilot Union filed legal documents on Friday seeking to halt a vaccine mandate that went into effect, effect last week following Biden's order for federal workers and or contractors, uh, which applies to the airline. Uh, they went into the weekend. The issue had not been resolved. And as what typically happens when you're dealing with a labor dispute is if something doesn't get solved before a specific timeline, they walk. And that's that's exactly what happened. Now, what's what's really strange is, again, just the behavior of Southwest to think that they can just go out there. And go, no, 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 it's the weather. I was just watching a news bite as we were getting ready to start the show. And it was, I think it was on Fox. Yeah, it's still on there. Okay, it's, they're talking to to uh, Casey Murray, the Southwest Pilots Union president, right now. But it was on Fox. They're still pointing out that Southwest is denying that this is a protest after the memo has already been put up for everybody to see. And the memo was put up over the weekend, guys. It's not like it was put up just today. It was put up over the weekend. 
So you've still got news media running around and going, no, 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 this is, this is all about the weather. Nobody's asking about the other airlines and why they didn't have an issue with the weather. And nobody's asking about the memo, which has been posted all over the Internet. But it's, I mean, it's interesting stuff to watch, watch this all play out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the Seattle Police Department, friendly reminder, the Seattle PD was defunded. The Seattle PD was forced to abandon a police station and several city blocks to Antifa, right? Seattle PD then had uh, a huge rise in crime. The mayor of Seattle, who called for the police department to be defunded, all of a sudden said, why can't we get more cops? And now 400 Seattle police officers are facing being fired because they refused the vaccines. 400 of them. Now, you did have a judge throw out the vaccine mandate in Denver. It was in Colorado. I think it was Denver. Uh, but there's also, you know, one of the reasons that this uh, this has been a big issue in Denver with the police there is a healthy police officer got the vaccine and he is fighting for his life with blood clots right now. So his fellow officers are like, yeah, not going to get that. Thank you. I started thinking about this over the weekend. I am not exaggerating. And, and it may very well be different for other people. And I'm not in any way... Sh- shape or form saying that more people are getting clots uh, from, from the vaccine than, than are being saved from the vaccine. I'm just, I'm saying me personally, I know more people who have gotten blood clots from the COVID vaccines than I know people who have gotten COVID. And it might very well be different for the rest of you, but for me personally, I know more people who have gotten blood clots than I know people who have actually gotten COVID. And I, I was just thinking about that over the weekend. I thought that was kind of interesting. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. They're just talking about the blood clot thing. Of course, people recommend, ah, just take some aspirin. Don't worry about them blood clots. Take some aspirin. No, no big deal. And it was, it's funny that you all mentioned that. I wasn't planning on talking about this right now. I was going to talk about it later. Uh, but there is a new study about aspirin and COVID. In case you did not know, aspirin has been studied pretty extensively with COVID. Uh, we'll get uh, into those results here in just a second. But Let me tell you about the new study first, okay? So the new study says that aspirin can significantly cut COVID risks and even death. Now, of course, one of the things that you're running into with some of this research is that COVID doesn't, like, actually kill that many people. And so it becomes very difficult to find out what will and will not actually save your life. Uh, So this was in the Jerusalem Post. It was research from George Washington University. So, I mean, this is, you know, it's a pretty significant university has determined that treating COVID patients with aspirin reduced the risk of severe illness by nearly half. All right. Well, a report noted that aspirin regimen is more than 400 COVID-19 patients in hospitals across the U.S. cut the need for ventilation by 44%, slashed ICU admissions by 43%, and reduced overall in-hospital mortality rates by 47%. All right, that sounds great. But let's go look at the preponderance of data here, all right? Now, there's been a lot of studies on aspirin. There's uh, 16 aspirin COVID-19 peer-reviewed trials, okay? 16. Now, 
when you start looking at all of them, uh, it, you start you start to find that yeah, aspirin can actually work kind of good as long as it's not late. Again, everything starts getting a a uh, much less effective when it's late. So here's the thing. With the 16 aspirin COVID peer review trials, there is on app, there's one study that showed a negative effect, okay? Only one, and that had to do with ventilation, okay? Uh, but 39% improvement. So for all 16 peer reviewed studies, the average is 39% improvement. Not bad, right? Better than nothing. 39% improvement. Uh, when you get into late treatment, it is only a 4% improvement. All studies combined, aspirin uh, being used to uh, treat COVID is about a 20% improvement. But late, late use, just like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin dramatically gets less effective. But with the peer-reviewed trials, as long as you start using it early, there is a 39% improvement as an aggregate, okay, median for those 16. Just something for you to consider. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And the Concord Community Schools. Friendly reminder, in case you missed the show on Friday, since I know some of you are naughty and you don't listen on Friday because you think, oh, it's the end of the week. I'm going to listen to music instead. All right. Uh, first of all, screw you guys. And next, friendly reminder. Concord Community Schools, which is asking for you to extend their referendum. If the education referendum in Concord expires, your taxes will go down. If you vote for the, the extension, your taxes will go up. Now, friendly reminder, Concord Community Schools gets a lot more money per pupil than the, the average in the state of Indiana. Okay, They're almost at $13,000 per pupil. Whereas the average in the state of Indiana is like 10200 bucks, They are over the national average in how much money they get per pupil. Just, it's your election. You do what you want. I'm just letting you know that while Concord's out there saying that they're going to target your kids' extracurricular activities and all that stuff, if you don't vote for this referendum extension, I, I feel like it's my duty to just remind you that they actually get a lot more money per pupil than most schools in the country do. Higher than the state average in Indiana by a wide margin and higher than the national average. Just just letting you know, in case you missed that segment on Friday. It's in the Daily Show prep for Friday's Daily Show prep, too, by the way. Because inevitably, there's going to be somebody that goes, where did you hear about that? Um, Pete Buttigieg is making news again. Y'all covering this on MNC News now, Josh, your boy? No? Not yet? All right, Pete Buttigieg. He is... Uh, he is a part-time government bureaucrat, part-time dad now. So big problems at ports on the West Coast, along with major trucking and rail issues, are causing a ripple effect all across the country. You know, I don't know why we're surprised that it's a four-week wait for ships to dock in New York and L.A. Pete is the transportation secretary. Did he put roundabouts out there? Does he know that those big old boats can't do roundabouts, Josh? Does he know that? Like, it's, you know, physics are involved. And I wouldn't expect a former Rhodes Scholar to know anything about physics. 
And were you here when I went on that rant on the Rhodes Scholar thing like a week ago? Like, at what point do you stop saying you're a Rhodes Scholar? Like, somebody else just said, hey, so and so, former Rhodes Scholar. I'm like, she's like 50 years old. Like, at what point do you stop bringing up the Rhodes Scholar nonsense? It doesn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything when you were awarded a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> it did. It's like, as I said before, I might as well bring up my two, not one, Josh, two awards for who's who in American high school students. Bring them up. You know what I got them in? Biochemistry. Word. Not phys ed. Biochemistry. So, see, everything I talk about that's all sciencey and stuff now has immediate, immediate credentials. See? Just like that. Two-time award-winning biochem. Uh, so, P. Judge has been asked, hey, uh, you know, now that we can move on from you not talking about the Taliban in Afghanistan, even though you always railed about Afghanistan when it was Republican president, uh, can we at least talk about the giant boats that can't bring products to the shores of the United States, Mr. Transportation Secretary? Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why people aren't happy with him today. Okay. Here we go. Charlie Spearing, quote, Obviously, it's an incredibly complicated situation. That's what Pete Buttigieg said on Morning Joe Friday. Uh, he noted that his department was taking it seriously and, quote, Josh, you think I'm joking about roundabouts? You think I'm joking about roundabouts? They held roundtables, bringing together everyone connected with the ports. Not quite a roundabout, but he still said round, okay? All right. So, <laughs> just so we, months and months and months and months of this cog in the system of supply in this country. The only reason people care about this right now is that they're walking into the store and they're seeing empty shelves. And it's not because of the holiday swap, okay? It's not like inventory swap. There's no products and because there's no products and we're approaching the holidays, people are starting to get a little antsy. And so now people are looking at this and they're going, who's the, who's the guy that's in charge of the boats? Well, that would be the transportation secretary. Are we allowed to talk about him yet? You know, he just adopted a child so he didn't have to talk about Afghanistan. Oh, yes, we're allowed to talk to him about that now. Great. Hey, Pete, what are you doing about the boats? Ah, you know, it's a serious situation. We held some roundtables, bringing everybody together about it. Bye! <laughs> it's, it's gone. Uh, I'm sorry, but Pete has been the transportation secretary for, what, 10 months? 10 months. Now, I'm not an expert, but we had a whole year of pandemic before Pete Buttigieg was transportation secretary, right, Josh? Still had boats delivering products to the dock. There were lockdowns back then, Josh. We still had boats delivering product. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jim, Jim Treacher, uh, he basically paraphrased Pete and says, this is too complicated for us to fix. Say the people who think the government should be in charge of literally everything. Uh, <laughs> what I find funny is everybody out there is like, they're, they're, they've all focused in on roundtables and they're going, what in the, what does he mean by roundtables? And all I could think of when I was reading this over the weekend was roundabouts. 
He's trying to do... See, Josh, if you do roundabouts, you don't have anchors dragging, and then you don't have oil spills off of the coast of California. See? It's an environmentally friendly solution to keep the boat's engines running and burning fuel day and night while they go in circles in a holding pattern, and so that way they don't drag their anchors and destroy the pipelines. So what has Pete Buttigieg done? Suddenly, he's not interested in talking about Afghanistan after that whole thing got screwed up. Uh, He did adopt a kid, so he didn't have to talk about Afghanistan. Uh, Then everybody left him alone for 10 months about the the transportation disaster that has been happening during the pandemic. Uh, And now no boats can dock anywhere. Oh, and Pete Buttigieg has caused an oil spill. And you can't buy nice things for yourself or your family for Christmas. So there's... There's that. We all knew what was going to happen when he was transportation secretary. (laughs) Hey, transportation secretary, you know, guy, we don't ask any tough questions of at all ever. Can can, have you even like done anything about these boats? Yeah, we've had some roundtables about it. And bye. I have to go. The baby's crying. (laughs) We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. I thought we were joking about roundabouts, man. Of course, now the pro-anti-roundabout debate has, has erupted in the Discord server. As I've told you before, I actually like roundabouts. I don't like the one uh, that is in uh, downtown South Bend because you can't see oncoming traffic. I don't like that. That's that's a bad move. Uh, but I, I actually enjoy roundabouts. And of course, the counter-argument to that is, yes, but they get slippery in the winter. To which I retort, learn how to drift and you'll be okay. But uh, we joked about Pete's roundabouts going because, let's be honest, there has never been a less qualified transportation secretary in the history of transportation secretaries. And so the only thing that he had was potholes and roundabouts. And during the pandemic, it doesn't seem like a lot of potholes got fixed. And now we've got boats destroying the environment off of the coast. So that's that's his legacy. Anyway, to the uh, phone lines we go. Tom, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hello. Uh, about the roundabouts, uh, somebody once said to me, uh, what you can't see won't hurt you none. So does that work in with the roundabouts? <laughs> it, yeah, it depends on said roundabout, I suppose. Um, I, I am amazed at, at how many, because they've been here for a long time, and so I'm still amazed at how many people can't really figure them out here. I like the ones that try to cut the corner and go the wrong way. Oh, yeah. You know, if you just go straight through it, you're good. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering with Pothole Pete if he was trying to work bike lanes into these shipping channels. I don't know. Here's the thing. I have a theory. I think that bicycles are almost extinct. They seem like it. I I think that you are just going to have everybody riding these little scooters now, these little Mm -hmm. electric scooters. I think everybody's going to do those things now. Um, and every time I, I go to DC, everybody's riding these things and there's always inevitably, there's some guy in his fifties or sixties who has no business being on one of these things for the first time and it doesn't end well. Uh, but they're everywhere and they're everywhere in Elkhart now. And they're, I think they're in South Bend again, different company this time's not Lime. Um, but 
you're running into less and less bikes and more and more scooters. And the scooters apparently are a-okay for you to ride on the sidewalk, even though you're going like 20 miles an hour. So that's okay, but you can't ride the bicycle. That doesn't make any sense. You still with me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Just dramatic pause. There. I'm just thought I lost you. The thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> And you're right, you don't see that many bicycles anymore. No, you, you don't. And the only bicycles that I seem to see are always going the wrong way on the road. Yes. Which I'm, I'm not supposed to make fun of bicyclists because we've, we've, we've got some people who listen who are bicyclists, and John really hates dealing with their wrath. Yes. Yes. They, they, are, they do have uh, wrath. Well, look, I mean, if you had a seat shaped like that, you know, poking you for mile after mile, you'd be a little irritated, too. Okay, so I mean, we got we got to cut them a little slack. Okay, I think it rubs them the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, Tom, <laughs> to use another old thing. But... Goodbye, buddy. <laughs> <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> See, I thought I thought I had the dad joke. And it turns out he had the dad joke. He's he's always one upping me on the dad jokes. All right, go to Rumble.com/slash Casey the Host. Hit the subscribe button. Follow my Rumble. Those are my videos, my live streams, and you can also go onto uh, Telegram, Telegram at Casey the Host, and follow me there. That is my primary social media platform at the moment. Other than that, we got a lot more coming up, including this sexually graphic book being given to students in Middlebury. 